What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the first episode of No Pucks Given with Nick Abbott. During week one, we're going to talk about three things. Those three things are going to be the Stanley Cup Finals, the draft, and free agency. We're going to get right into the episode with the Stanley Cup. The Vegas Golden Knights and the Washington Capitals played, hands down, one of the best Stanley Cup Finals I have ever witnessed. They were back and forth in every game, and each team really, really played their hearts out. Uh, There was nothing really to complain about in any of those games, uh, except for game four, probably, where Washington won 6-2. Game one, 6-4 win for the Golden Knights. It was back and forth from the first period all the way to the third. And then game two, two, 3-2 caps. Game three, 3-1 caps. Another really good game. Game four, kind of a blowout sort of game. Uh, wasn't very entertaining. Kind of slow. It wasn't great. And then game four, five, one of the most fun, one of the most intense, and one of the most aggressive hockey games I've ever been able to watch. Caps won the series four to three, which we're going to get into now, with Washington. Washington deserves it. Uh, you know, finally, Ovechkin gets the Stanley Cup. And, you know, I honestly don't think there's anybody more worthy of winning a Stanley Cup than Alexander Ovechkin. He's been in the NHL since it was 2006 when he, uh, when he put up 106 points in his rookie year. He backed that up with 92 points in his second year. His career high in points was his third year in the in the league, and that was 112 with 65 goals. He he's been one of the best goal scorers ever, and he's still going. And he's only been around for you know since 2006. Uh, there's so much left to him. Next, we're gonna talk about T.J. Oshie. T.J. Oshie is going through a lot of family issues right now, and you know to see him win a Stanley Cup and hear what he had to say about his dad being there. Um, It was really cool, really emotional, and really moving to see what he had to say about everything that's going on with his dad. You know, to see someone going through something like that, it really uh, makes winning a Stanley Cup second than seeing your dad be there and winning it. Um, To watch that interview and to see how happy T.J. Yoshi was, to see how happy his dad was with Alzheimer's. Probably one of the coolest things I've ever seen after a Stanley Cup game. The best player in that series for Washington, obviously, you can't you can't say it wasn't Alexander Ovechkin. Alexander Ovechkin played his heart out. Uh, he put up 27 points in 24 games. He had 15 goals and 12 assists in those uh, 24 games. Finally winning two awards that he has never won in his life, and that's Stanley Cup and the Conn Smythe. If there's anybody in this NHL, like I said before, that deserves to win those two awards, it's him. Sidney Crosby has done it. Uh, you know, <laughs> the next person in the league, if it wasn't Sidney Crosby, that deserved one is, is definitely Alexander Ovechkin. He was, he's been around for so long. He's been in these positions where he could get to the Stanley Cup 
and could potentially win a Stanley Cup, but never has really pulled the trigger and never really has gotten that opportunity. And it's so nice to be able to see him hold that cup over his head and enjoy it, whether he's at a game or a baseball game getting loaded and having a great time, you know, or whether it's in Vegas at a club, you know, tearing it up. It was, it's so cool to see someone like that be able to celebrate with a bunch of his teammates. And then we got Nicholas Bashram. Nicholas Bashram, um, he's been in this predicament before too. Same as Ovechkin. Both of them have been so close so many times and never been able to pull the trigger. And to watch both of them walk, skate around that ice with the cup above their heads, it was a spectacle. It was, uh, you know, exactly what Vegas was trying to do all year long, be be above and beyond. And to see two of those guys do that together was the coolest thing ever. And I'd like to say congratulations to the Washington Capitals on a great year. Another storybook here for them now if finally they finally pull the trigger and win a Stanley Cup next Vegas Vegas started the year um with a big with a very big tragedy in their city um and everybody knows what that is so I'm not going to get into the details but it was a huge tragedy that really you know brought the city together in a sort of way and um a very scary situation happened and I think it really pushed the team to become a better team and, you know, work together as one, you know, Vegas strong was seen everywhere all year long. And to see them even make the playoffs was a surprise. In my opinion, at the start of the year, I was very against Vegas. I guess you could say I, I supported them. Um, and I thought they might be able to pull out a playoff spot early in the year. And, you know, I, I just thought that their whole storybook season was going to go down and was going to end eventually. I had the pleasure of seeing Vegas play twice, once against the Arizona Coyotes in Arizona and once against the Florida Panthers in Vegas. Both times they won. And it was the Vegas atmosphere for hockey was unbelievable. And I really think that Vegas fed off that. Obviously, with their home record in the playoffs, uh, they were 12-4 and four at home in the playoffs. And, you know, and, and you can't say that that's not why. Their fan base was unbelievable in their first year in the league. I don't know what they're going to be like yeah. in their second year. It's going to be even better. Uh, you know, their whole pregame show and the start of the game is something else. Uh, I got to see that live. And, it brought everybody together in the game and it brought everybody into the game before the game even started. It's a whole spectacle. Um, and it's so cool, super fun to watch. And it really brings the game out of everyone and it really gets people going. Their best player, in my opinion, from this playoffs had to have been Mark Andre Fleury. His stats in the playoffs he played 20 games. He had 13 wins and he had seven losses. His goals against was his goals against average was 2.24 and his save percentage was not uh, was 0.927. He had four shutouts. So out of 13 games won, only nine of them he let in at least a goal. 
that's a pretty good statistic right there. I think, uh, you know, you watch Fleury play, and if it wasn't for Marc-Andre Fleury, they would never have made the playoffs. They would never have made the Stanley Cup, and they would never have been the runner-up in their first year in the league. Yeah. That's something that no one ever expected from them, and no one's ever going to expect from an expansion team again, in my opinion. I know Seattle's coming up in a couple years, but I personally do not believe that they will be able to pull off what Vegas did this year. It's just way too difficult, really, to see a team do that. And I know that, you know, it's going to be the same process, but we're not going to see the same skilled players uh, coming out in this year uh, in, in that expansion draft. Jonathan Marshall Show, Riley Smith, William Carlson all had career highs this year. Um, one player that really stuck out to me all year from Vegas was obviously William Carlson. Uh, you know, William Carlson was just incredible this year. Absolutely incredible. And, you know, last year in the NHL, he had... I think it was nine goals or six goals, maybe. I think it was last year in the NHL, yeah. So last year in the NHL, he had six goals in 81 games. The year before that, he had nine goals in 81 games. So think about it. You know, in 162 games, he put up 15 goals. That's it, right? And 45 points. In 180 or 162 games. This year he plays 82 games. And what does he do? Puts up 78 points. 78 points in 82 games after only putting up 45 points in 162 games. That's incredible. Incredible turnaround for him. He was a lot of fun to watch in the playoffs and a lot of fun to watch in the regular season. And, uh, you know, that's just the story of Vegas. Everybody played as a team on that on that roster and you can't really say that no one played bad. Uh, like look at players like Ryan Carpenter, Ryan Carpenter before joining the uh, Vegas Knights, he played with San Jose. He played 12 games in all with San Jose. No, sorry. 28 games with San Jose at all, in all, right? He had five points in those 28 games. This year, in 36 games of Vegas, he had 14 points. That's all he played in the regular season was was 36 games. He uh, joined the Knights pretty late in the year, and he got a lot of ice time. He really, he truly got a lot of ice time. And in 17 playoff games, he put up five points. You know, you can't you count out this team. This team was... Uh, just always, always there, always good, and always played hard. They were so much fun to watch. Jonathan Marshall, another player that came out and absolutely dominated this year. He, uh, you know, another career high in, in this team. And you look at this team – in all, there are so many career highs in this team, right? 
Last year, Jonathan Marshall Show put up 21 points in 75 games. So he played two less games than he played this year, and he had 24 less points. 24 less points in two games. That's it. He had 75 points last year in Florida. You know, you can't say that he hasn't been one of their best players and one of the most talked about players on this team all year long. He's a smaller guy, but did he ever come out and play super, super good for Vegas this year? Then another guy that really sticks out to a lot of people on this team is Derek England. Derek England has been around the NHL for a very long time. Another player with a career high this year. He played 79 games this year and had 23 points. He is a resident of Vegas, and when that whole tragedy happened, he was an ambassador for all the people that were affected in it. And that's incredible. He had a career low in penalty minutes and a career high in points. Congratulations to Derek England on a great season in his hometown. Next, we're going to get into the NHL Entry Draft. NHL Entry Draft has a lot of great prospects this year. Uh, the NHL Entry Draft top five picks are, belongs to Buffalo with number one, Carolina with number two, Montreal with number three, Ottawa with number four, and the Arizona Coyotes with number five. The players that are available this year are just incredible talent, um, especially for the top five picks. I'm going to protect my pop, top five and list off their stats, their stats for this past season. Rasmus Dahlin, obviously the clear number one pick for Buffalo. He uh, played 46 games with the Ferlunda Indians in the SHL. He had seven goals, 13 assists with 20 points in those 46 games. As a defenseman, that's solid points. But you look at Rasmus Dahlin and there's so much more to his game than just his ability to score and put points upon the board. Next is Philip Zvina with the Halifax Mooseheads and the Quebec Major Juniors. He put up, in 57 games played, he put up 44 goals, 38 assists with 82 points. 82 points in 57 games is absolutely crazy. Uh, that's a lot of scoring right there. And, you know, he's going to bring that talent in the NHL. And I predict him going second to Carolina any day of the week. I know Andre Sheshnikov is clearly between two or three. But I believe that Philip Zanina will be able to pull that out and take that uh, take that spot from him. Montreal, uh, with the third overall pick, and I got them taking Andre Sheshnikov. Uh, in 44 games, he had 72 points with 40 goals and 32 assists. Another impressive goal scorer. Um, and if he probably played the same amount of games as, as you know, Philip Zanina, he he played twelve or thirteen less games than him. If he was to play the same amount of games as him, he probably would have outscored him by a ton. But I still think Zanina is a little bit uh, more skilled than Andrei Shashnikov at the end of the day. And you look at him, you give him the heads up. I think I it's very hard to choose who goes second and third in this draft because it depends on what Carolina wants and it depends on what Montreal wants. Montreal could go with a defenseman who I have going fourth overall, and that's Adam Bacchus. Adam Bacchus, uh, you know, he played in the junior league with Brian as this year. 
And but in the elite league, when he played with Brian is too, he put up uh, 24 points in 25 games played. He's a defenseman that everybody's comparing to Eric Carlson. And if you're going to be compared to Eric Carlson, you're obviously set for a pretty good career. You're a pretty solid defenseman. If you're compared to him, he's in my opinion, the best defenseman in the NHL, the third best player in the NHL. So I think if you're being compared to him and if you're going to pair him up with Eric Carlson in Ottawa, that's going to be a scary line to play against. And last for my uh, top five is the Arizona Coyotes. And I have them taking their former captain's son, uh, Brady Kachuk. Brady Kachuk played in Boston University this year, and he played 40 games. He had eight goals and 23 assists for 31 points. Brady Kachuk is a big dude, and, you know, I think uh, he'll he'll be able to use that size and that weight and that, you know, that skill set at the same time and really bring a, you know, the same thing his dad did back in the NHL. Uh, use, use those skills and use that to his advantage every night and go out there and do his thing. But during the World Juniors is when you saw Brady Kachuk really play to his potential. And I think, uh, you know, if he brings that into the NHL next year, he'll be a very household name and whatever team gets the opportunity to draft him. But I believe he's going fifth to the Coyotes and taking over what his dad started back in the day. The last thing we're going to talk about here on the podcast, a little bit of a shorter episode today. And um, that's because it's the first one. They're going to get a little bit longer as things keep coming up and, uh, you know, big things keep coming up. But right now, we're going to get into free agency. Free agency is always a fun time of the year. You're always debating who's going where, who's going to leave their team that they've been on for however long, who's going to get paid the most, whatever. Uh, I wrote down five players that I want to talk about specifically. And it's all going to start with, I'm going to go with number five first. Number five, I have Ilya Kovalchuk. Now, Ilya Kovalchuk, he's coming back to the NHL. And it's not a surprise because he wanted to last year. He wanted to, but uh, he couldn't due to some some rules. But I, I believe that he is an unbelievable player no matter what team he's going to go on. You know, his last season in the NHL was 2012-2013 with New Jersey. He only played 37 games. He played the rest in the KHL that year. But he put up 31 points in 37 games, and that's not bad. That's not bad uh, Not bad points there. The season before that in the NHL, though, he put up 83 in 77 games. If he can bring that to the NHL again, I think – you know, Ilya Kovalchuk will come back and be a, a star again. But if he if he just plays, you know, average hockey like you know, like he kind of played last year in the KHL, he did put up sixty three points in fifty three games. But a player of that ability and that skill should be able to put up more in the KHL than sixty three and fifty three. Uh the year before that, he put up seventy eight and sixty. So I think it's very very easy for him to be able to come out and play his game and really, really try to impress people in the NHL. And hopefully, you know, he goes to a team that really needs a skilled player instead of just adding another skilled player and uh, 
basically just building a super team. Next, I got number four as Paul Stastny. Now, Paul Stastny got traded to Winnipeg midway through the year last year. And, you know, when he got traded, people kind of questioned that trade, especially in, you know, Winnipeg. You know, why would they trade for a guy that's a little bit older and, uh, you know, wasn't really putting up the best numbers all year long. But he's a solid player. You know, he he truly is a solid, solid player. And after he got traded to Winnipeg this year, he became an even better player than he ever was, in my opinion. In St. Louis, he had 28 points in 63 games before he got traded to Winnipeg. Then in Winnipeg, he had 13 points in 19 games. You know, he came into Winnipeg, and he really changed up his game. And I think he, he really cemented his uh, free agent free agency because it makes him a lot bigger of a target now for certain teams going into free agency, which is huge for him. He needed that. He needed that year in the playoffs. He put up 15 points in 17 games. He put up 15 points in 17 games going into his free agent, free agent, uh, you know, year. That's huge. That's huge. You know, he's going to get paid a lot of money. And I'm sure he knows that, and everybody knows that. Uh, whether he stays in Winnipeg or whether he goes somewhere else, you know, I think a good target or a good place for him would, you know, it could be Toronto. Toronto could use him, but I think, um, you know, Toronto really needs to look at a defenseman who I think is going to be number three on my list, and that is. John Carlson. John Carlson is definitely the best defenseman available in free agency this year. And the Leafs need to look into him big time. The Leafs need that defensive presence of a now Stanley Cup champion who is going to be able to get a lot of money from wherever he goes because he had a great playoffs. He is going to be looked at as definitely the best defenseman in this free agency. And, you know, he needs to use that to his advantage, obviously. But the Leafs also need to use their young team to convince him and maybe, you know, convince him to come to the team and maybe get another Stanley Cup next year. The Leafs are destined to win one with the team that they have built and the team that they have for the next couple of years. They're going to be unbelievable. So if they can pick up a defenseman like him, they're set. Next is JVR, James Van Riemsdyk. James Van Riemsdyk is coming off a pretty solid year. You know, he had a hard start, but the end of it was just incredible. Um, he had back-to-back games where he had hat-tricks, which is a very tough accomplishment to have. So, you know, if you're looking into getting a solid forward, I think a good place for him would be, you know, a place like St. Louis, um, a place like, you know, a place like Ottawa, um, and maybe even a place like San Jose where they need another star forward to come in and help out a lot uh james van reams like could also be a very big target for toronto if they really want to go after another forward but i think toronto's main forward that they're going to focus on is hands down going to be our next guy on the list and number one john Tavares. john Tavares is hands down the best free agent available and if he doesn't sign in new york re-sign with New York Islanders, he is going to the Toronto Maple Leafs. I believe that he's going there for so many reasons, but mostly because of the team that they have. 
They have such a young team. They have such a good quality team. And they're just going to be so good when it comes down to the wire. And they're going to be able to offer him what he wants for right now. The thing is, is once the Leafs offer him a big enough contract to entice him to come to Toronto, he's going to have to, they're going to have to worry about what are they going to do in Marner, Nylander, Matthews, Morgan Riley. They all need to be re-signed, right? They're going to have to get rid of someone, but you know, that's up to them. You know, I mean, they could uh, come out guns a blazing next season, have an unbelievable year. And you never know. Some players might take pay cuts to stay there and fight for a championship. You, you never know in this NHL anymore. Cause just like you don't know in basketball, you don't know if Clay Thompson would actually take a pay cut just to stay in Golden State and win another championship for the third year in a row after they won two nights ago. Now, you know, Kevin Durant also going to have to take a pay cut. So it happens in basketball so much. I've never really noticed in hockey if anybody has really taken a pay cut because I feel like in hockey, a lot of the players really mostly care about what the team is giving them as a team, not the money. They would rather go to a team that has a couple good players to play with and play around than go to a team where they're just going to get paid abundance amount of money. I think this year that's what John Tavares is going after. It's going after a team that's going to be able to work around him and and basically try to win a championship. Uh, before we're into this episode, I'm going to go off topic a little bit, but episodes of No Pucks Given will be released every Wednesday. Um, not a specific time, but they are going to be on Wednesdays. Different weeks, we'll have different topics. During the offseason, we'll be focused on trades. We'll be focused on signings. And during the regular season, we might be able to push it to two episodes a week and talk more about what's going on during that week in the NHL. Last going off on today's episode, I'd like to thank you for listening. I'd like to thank you for taking the time out of your day to listen to the 26, 28-minute episode that I started this whole podcast with. I'm really excited to keep going. And I'm really excited to have you guys along on the road. Thank you. And I hope to see you back next episode.